going on? Jermaine Johnson, tune in to Turn On The Jets podcast. Hey, this is Vinny Pasquantino of the Kansas City Royals. Make sure you tune into the Turn On The Jets podcast. Everybody, welcome back to the Turn the Jets podcast. I'm your host, Will Parkinson at Will Pollen on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Back after uh, you know four or five days, uh, no TOJ pause. We're back with three this week. We're gonna start it off. Uh, start off with a bang. Uh, nobody better to uh, to bring on Bob Glauber. Um, you know, I guess back writing uh, elite level pieces here with the with the Beckton article that came out last week. Bob, how are we doing today? I'm I'm good. You could do a lot better than me, but I'll I'll, I'll... I'll do uh, what I can. Uh, all right. F- fair enough. Fair enough. I'd yeah. probably answer it the same way. Um, obviously, look, you've been around this, you know, been around football and been around this team for a long time. You've seen a lot of crazy stuff with the Jets, highs, lows, et cetera. Were you, A, I guess, shocked this Rodgers thing really did happen? And B, what have you thought of the first, I don't know, I guess we're, we're two a month or two in now, and he's doing the Carbone thing and Taylor Swift and Knicks games and X, Y, and he's doing all, he's hitting all the right notes. It feels like no talk of COVID and vaccines and COVID toe and all that stuff. Um, I guess, are you surprised it happened? And what have you made of his, uh, you know, his initial entrance to New York, New Jersey? I, I am a little surprised it happened actually, because I think that was, you know, that's the home run play right there. And, and they hit the home run. Um, they, it was a, it was a, a, a move of desperation in a lot of ways, but a move that had to be made if this team was going to be a contending team, because, you know, we found out last year, Zach Wilson's not ready. I don't know if he'll be ready. The jets don't know if he'll ever be ready. And it's a good, you know, it's a talent, uh, a roster full of good young talent that, you know, with the right quarterback can, can make some waves. So little surprised, um, glad for jet fans. It happened because man, I mean, how many primetime games you got? This is a team that is now a factor. Um, and I think Rodgers, the, the honeymoon is going quite well, Will. Uh, it's, he, he's, you're right. He's hitting all the right notes. He's going to the right events. He's, he's hanging out. He's, uh, you know, he is a, a hero right now. Uh, the games haven't started, but, you know, this is, a. I, I think that Aaron knows the moment that awaits him. And I think he's happy about it. I think he's at peace with it. It was an ugly breakup to some degree, but it wasn't anything uh, like the Favre breakup. It, ju- it just wasn't. Um, it happened earlier. Favre was in training camp. It was a crazy time. His bitterness showed um, all the way through. And, you know, you go from eight and three to nine and seven and the wheels fall off. And, you know, that that Rex Ryan did come in and, and really shot a, a big big dose of life into that franchise but it took hitting the bottom to get there yeah look that i know i saw someone tweet about it the other day it was like the jets winning in tennessee i think the titans were 10 and 0 the jets were 7 and 3 and they went down to nashville and 8 and 3 and i guess whenever they went to seattle all all uh all hell broke loose and Favre got hurt obviously and sean else threw the snowball um not to bring up any bad memories but i guess you know before we get into the Beckton stuff and you know a little quinn and, and kind of what's going on now what should I've asked everyone that's been on the pod since this happened, and I've gotten a lot of different answers. What's a fair expectation for you know for his tenure here? Like, what's success? Because I think depends how positive or negative you are with kind of the past and how desperate people are for a title here. But 
what's like a fair expectation? What's what would success look like for uh, the Aaron Rodgers Jets partnership? I would say success would look like three years. If he plays three years, that's really ahead of the head of the game. Uh, an AFC Championship game appearance, a Super Bowl appearance. If you want to dream big, and if you really want to dream the biggest, uh, a Super Bowl championship. Um, I don't. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. You know, we've seen quarterbacks go from one team one year to another team the next and win it. You know, Brady and uh, and Stafford, and you know, so it's it's doable. Um, it's expecting a lot. It's a loaded conference, and you've got a quarterback for the ages in Kansas City who is in his prime. So it, it, it's a lot to ask. Um, but I think Rodgers is a guy who can who can potentially deliver. Now, now the one the one word of caution, you know, he was like, uh, this is a oh, one game away, one defense away. He was like close in Green Bay or should have been close in an easier conference, and it didn't happen. So tap the brakes a little bit um but it's okay to dream man yeah i think one thing that was interesting i remember i noticed with the packers the last i don't know five six seven years and this even goes back to the far years it felt like they almost got comfortable and they started playing home games at lambeau and it was like it almost became a mental thing i felt like every year it's like oh no one's gonna go into lambeau at night on and on wild card weekend or division around week weekend and every time somebody did it felt like every year we had the same conversation i remember like you know, obviously when the Giants went in there, but it just felt like this thing where it's like Tampa Bay is not going to go into Green Bay. And of course, like it just I don't know if it's a reflection on Favre and Rogers. It's a reflection on the organization. I don't know what it is, but it almost felt like you get comfortable. These guys won early on, both of them in their career. And then they kind of started expecting it almost feels like you expect to win all the time. And while that's great. Not sure it always plays in your advantage. Do you lose a little urgency? Um, I don't know if you noticed that too. It felt like every year it's called, oh, they're at home. They're never going to lose. And they always lost. Sure. Listen, I went up in, in 07 covering the Giants. It's, you know, it feels like 50 below zero. Tom Coughlin's face is about to fall off. And, you know, and they and they pulled it out. And and they did it again four years later. So it's, you know, it, it, it doesn't have that aura of invincibility anymore in Green Bay. Um, but that's the league now. I mean, that's that's a that's a league of incredible parity more than ever before. And I think it's reflective of what happens to, say, a, a Green Bay, which should have that great home field advantage, um, but but just hasn't. Yeah, no, it's it's interesting. I don't know if you got a chance to read the Matt Scheiman article that came out this morning, kind of just detailing the breakup from the Packers side and a couple quotes from Rodgers. The one thing that was interesting there, and it's not even really Rodgers related. I, we kind of knew a lot of that stuff. He didn't like Gutekinds and wanted him gone or traded and the whole thing. And obviously these things work out. The NFL, very different than the ML, than the NBA, where well, most of the time if a star wants out, they usually just don't get traded. Uh, it's very rare. The one interesting thing in there was the, the Devontae Adams thing about how he they kind of gave him a lower offer than the Christian Kirk deal. And were you surprised at all by that? I feel like I remember at the time, everyone's like, can't believe they traded Devontae. It must have been about money. I guess I didn't realize how much it was about money. Um, are you surprised they lowball them? Because I feel like the Packers get this reputation as they operate so well. I'm not sure that maybe was the best choice of uh, of letting yeah. Devontae out the door. Yeah, and it, and it created some bad blood for for Rodgers particularly because that was that was his go to guy. Yeah. So yeah, a, li a little bit surprising. They've got a reputation of being very fair minded. I think they are generally a fair organization. 
but you don't know sometimes you don't know the the you know real ins and outs of of what goes on behind the scenes um they got good compensation uh for adams so i think that part that 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 had a role in it um but if i'm if i'm rogers um and my lose and i lose my best receiver uh when i'm at the precipice you know on, on the verge of potentially winning a super bowl i'm pissed so i get it and you know, Rogers is a very strong-willed guy, as we've as we've come to see. And when they change GMs um, during his tenure, it's a different dynamic. It's a different vibe. And um, they change coaches. It's a different dynamic, a different vibe. So he's got to adjust to that. He's, you know, got his own ideas about things. And, you know, when you get older in this league and you're successful, you've got leverage. And the team kind of either, either owes it to you or – if they don't owe it to you, they're going to get rid of you. And I think finally it got to that point with Rogers and they just said, okay, we, 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 he's taken us as far as we can go. We got to see what the kid has love and we got to move on. And, and that time finally did come. Um, and, and they got, I think the Packers in their own minds got the maximum they could have out of Rogers. Yeah, no, I mean, look, they got four MVPs and a Super Bowl title and they were in the playoffs pretty much every single year. I want to ask you one quick question about the off, like the Andre Hopkins situation. We heard Salah talk about today. Now nah, we love our group. Again, take everything at face value in a press conference. Um, the Jets, you know, said that about their receiver group before Odell, and then they chased after Odell, and you know they got to outbid and everything. But I kind of feel like they should be in on DeAndre Hopkins. Like based on the Albert Breer article, he's going to command like kind of similar money to Corey Davis. And I know Hopkins has had the steroid thing and. Or, sorry, the PED thing, which was clearly steroids, and you know the injury the year before, but he's incredibly productive. He was never really a separator, anyways. He was a jump ball, contested catch, possession guy. He's a better player than Corey Davis, and it certainly would make life a little easier on Garrett Wilson. I know they like their group, but I don't think they have this like top two or three receiver group in the league. I I feel like they should be kicking the tires on this. Um, am I crazy or no? No, I think it's it's certainly well logical. the Jets and the Giants to be fair. Yeah, yeah, Giants even more so because the Giants receiver room is not close to what the Jets is. I mean, Wilson's a star. He's a stud and he's a star. That guy is going to be the guy in this offense, or he should be. Um, but they got Lazard and, and you know, they, they've they made some additions that make it a better group this year. I think a more reliable group this year. Um, but that room is going to be Wilson and everybody else. Or, or I mean, that's the best case scenario. Um I don't know that Hopkins has it. I don't know that Beckham has it. You know, when guys get older, especially receivers, it, it's, it gets away from them. And, you know, there was an, I think there was an NFL tweet of Beckham running a route, you know, it was like pumping him up and I'm looking at it and I'm like, does he look slow a little bit? And I, I, Sent it to my buddy Mike Giardi, who who you know pretty well. And I said, Mike, am I wrong here? Is it is this Twitch not what it was? Is is he he's 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 looking very slow. So I think Hopkins may be in that transition to, you know, he he's an aging guy. Um, so you don't always get what you think the name on the jersey says. And yeah. and I was I learned that early on. You know, George Young always said the former Giants general manager. 
He says, you got to don't look at the name on the back of the jersey. Look at the player in the jersey. And and that's really important. And I think we get mesmerized a little bit by names. Um, and I think Hopkins is in that is in that group right now. Yeah, it's he's in a very different stratosphere. Him and Devontae Adams are the same age. Um, their production. Adam still has it. Adam still has it. And his feet and a lot of what makes him really good doesn't really age. Um, I... I don't think Hopkins is a player he was. I think he's closer to the Julio Jones kind of Tennessee Titans washed situation than he is comparatively to, you know, and look, I, the Odell thing was nice for the Jets. The Jet, what the Jets had offered him from what I've heard was literally half of what the Ravens paid him. And it was a lot of incentive based. So I think the Jets probably saw the same thing. The league obviously didn't, other than the Ravens, no one saw $18 million a year for him. And the league didn't see Hopkins as a $19 million a year player. They would have traded a seventh round pick for him. Yeah. Yeah. So to- totally agree. Um, so so yeah, we'll, we'll see, you know, obviously when the rover meets the road in the season, uh, we'll either be like, look at, Oh, Beckham still got it or, but you know, it's two knee surgeries and he had it. I mean, he was doing great in that Super Bowl until, until he heard it again. Um, but these guys just, just, it just, it just gets away from. Them. Yeah, and look, Odell, as great as he was with the Rams, he was, uh, he was their second option. It's not like he was even a one there. Yep. So I, I, a little about buyers beware with the Ravens. Obviously, the, the Mackay Becton article comes out. Um, obviously, he wrote the article, but the article comes out. I think some people were taken back, some people were surprised, some people were not surprised. It feels like this was in the making for a long time. Um, I remember I had a couple of tweets last year when, you know, when the full story comes out, everyone's going to really know the deal. And then there's been all the weight loss stuff. It's been positive, positive, positive about Makai. Then he has that tweet, like, I'm a starting left tackle in all caps. Deletes it. Salah has the, then go earn it, which no problem with that. I think that's, as, uh, that's what Salah is, right? He's like going to support you, but he's not going to, and he's, but he's not going to also get walked over. I guess two questions for you. I mean, we could talk a lot of it about it, but were you surprised at anything you found out and talking to Makai and writing the article? You su- did anything, did any like surprise or anything like that? And were you surprised with like people's reaction to an article that I don't feel like was overly positive or negative? It was just telling the story of kind of what's gone on the last uh, 12 months. Well, a, a little bit, but I think there was, I think there was positive reaction uh, and negative reaction. I think the the positive reaction, there was more positive reaction Sometimes with negative reaction, you hear things were written about it because of the quotes that that I put at the at the bottom of it. Because I, you know, in trying to organize the article, I'm like, okay, this is this is a guy who is trying to remake himself, and he does. I mean, he's he's lost 50 pounds. He's changed his life. He changed agents. He changed trainers. He lost the weight. He's in great shape. And then we go back and said, okay, that you know the right tackle stuff, and and he's critical. He's openly critical of a move that resulted in him losing two years of his career. What's wrong with saying, you know, I'm, I'm a little pissed at that. I I just like, I, I, when I, when I wrote on a, on a daily basis, I always give players a little bit of a, a a birth, you know, wide birth. It's like, Hey, just, Hey, they're in the, they're in the crucible here. They're under the microscope and let them be right. Let them get it out. It's okay. After a game, if a guy snaps, I don't take it personally. A lot of writers are like, oh, he snapped at me. It's like, so what? He's, you know, he just finished a, an emotional game. So I think he had, um, he certainly had the right to say what he wanted. That's what he felt. Um, I guess we're, we're 
conditioned in this day and age to say, yeah, shut up and play. So the critics were like, yeah, shut up and play. Oh, he's blowing it. Um, but there were other people who said, hey, this guy's fired up. He's ready to go. If I'm Robert Sala and I say, hey, they put me at third string right ta uh, left tackle. But, but after a week, I'll be I'll be I'll be starting. Great. Like you did your job. You, the guy's motivated. What you you want to have motivated players going into camp. The guy's got chips on his shoulders all over the place. Good. Go out and prove it. And if you don't prove it, well, then your career is not going to be very long. But yeah. the guy did, you know, the guy lost 50 pounds in three months. And it was a real, like not, you know, some like sugar high type thing. It looks like it's sustainable. See what happens. I think, I mean, I, I'd feel pretty good about, especially whiffing on getting a left tackle in the draft because of that trade two spots down that, you make for for Favre, uh, for for Rogers, and then you know New England goes uh, goes and trades the pick. So I think if if Becton plays well, and if he really kind of gains that form that he did as a rookie, how how is that not really good? Yeah, look, I think a couple of things. One, look, I was critical of McCoy twelve or fifteen months ago at the combine not this year, last year, because some of the numbers I'd heard that he was weighing on the scale were really concerning. Uh, I, it was, it was over the over 400 number. I kept saying it. And these are people that I trust, you know, and I was like, man, that's, that's, that's not great. And then, you know, he's not at off season OTAs and comes into camp and like looks in better shape, but like looks nothing like he does now. And, you know, obviously the, you know, the George fan played well at left tackle. So they kept him there and, you know, you could argue whether that was a good choice or a bad choice. It doesn't really matter. They met George fan and Becton last year, both lost, you know, the year was essentially a lost year. Um, the one thing I'm not critical of is a guy that's working hard. That's wants to go prove it. Look, they didn't pick up his fifth year option. They were never going to pick up the option. That would have been a horrible mistake because if he does get hurt again or something like that, you're, you're screwed. And the fifth year option is not really, it's not cheap anymore. It used to be when the, when they first rolled this out, it was a good, good way to, you know, it was a good way to kind of get these guys on, on task. Now it's like, I don't know, 50 year options, pretty damn expensive. Look at the Packers. They just had to redo Jordan love before he's even gotten to in the year four. Um, but the right tackle, left tackle thing, Dwayne Brown's an all has been an all pro player. He's going to get the first shot left tackle, no matter what. I'm sure that was in contingency when the jets brought him back. They said, they want to camp. You're the left starting left tackle. Now, Putting back in the third string feels like a little bit of, all right, you've talked a lot about left tackle, you know, go beat out the guy in front of you first, whether that be Carter Warren, whether that's Max Mitchell, whoever it's going to be. I just think that the Jets missing, like Beckton's one of the most three or four most important players on this team to me this year, right? Like Roger's health is everything. One of the ways Roger stays healthy is Mekhi Beckton being really damn good at football um, and blocking for him and, this whole line is a bit of a question mark. There's a lot of guys who have talent that have injury problems or guys that are older that are talented or young guys that are talented, right? Like this whole group feels like in a vacuum, Becton, Brown, AVT, Tomlinson, and Tittman. It's a pretty damn good offensive line. Problem is Tittman's a rookie. AVT is coming off season ending injury. Tomlinson was bad last year, but should be better. 
Brown had a torn rotator cuff and back in seasoning injury. Like, what are we supposed to? And he's 37. I mean, and he's 30. Know? And oh, by the way, he's he was drafted in 2009. Him and Leger do is what we talk about all the time. He's like, he was in my draft class. Like, <laughs> Leger is crushing it and doing media stuff for the last like five years and I'm played for 10 years. So, uh, is that your biggest question mark? Do you leave that like, I mean, I know obviously the offensive line is, is that's still your biggest question mark with this team, I guess, kind of leading into that. Absolutely. And you got a coaching change there too. So they're going to have to get used to a different coach who's, you know, going to be, it's going to be a little bit more regimented and uh, disciplined. They're going to stress discipline. They're going to stress speed and, uh, and that kind of stuff. You know, like they all do that. Oh, blah, blah, blah. It's like, okay, let's be more disciplined, but it, it's, it really does come down to talent, talent and technique. And that is offensive line. And I think it is the biggest question mark on this team. And if they can straighten out Makai Becton and if he can, because you, you know, you're going to be able to tell he he hasn't really been able to do everything or much of anything in the off season based on doctor's orders, because he's still coming off, a, you know, a, a torn knee, torn up knee from last year. So once training camp starts and they can kind of gradually get him back in, you'll be able to tell. And if he is dominating, well, that's your guy. Now, if he's scuffling, and if he's not physically 100%, the, the weight loss, you know, obviously doesn't matter as much. And, okay, you're, you're back to square one. And then, say, if Brown wins at, wins the job, and then five weeks in, he gets hurt, then Becton slides in, at least you know you have an insurance policy that's good. Now, Will, you're on record. Fifth-year option would have been a mistake. Now, what if Becton comes back? plays at a pro bowl level they have a really good year he's gone because you can't afford you're not going to franchise him and he'll be he'll be gone then you're in the the giant situation you know they could have been cheap but yeah you're in that little bit of the giant situation it's a little different because you're working to trade jones but it's a little bit of um you know i'm sure you could ex- you know you can do the uh the exclusive tag or whatever where it's like the two first round picks but no one's going to give up two first round picks so you leave yourself that's what the giants had to end up with jones right where it's like saquon and jones you had to pay them both the jets are going to eventually have to pay um you know this next guy who we'll get to in a second but look I- i'm on the same page here. i think you know the the one i, I don't think it's going to happen and i've said this it's not going to happen but the one option they did have is Dwayne brown as a post-june one cut they'd save a hell of a lot of money if they wanted to, which to me, if they would have gotten a Broderick Jones or something, maybe they, they would have gone into camp with Becton and Jones as the left tackles. And, you know, then you could move on from Brown. I don't think they do that now, but him and Corey Davis are two, him and Corey Davis were two deals where if you needed money, you could very easily go get it. I want to ask you quick about Quinn, just because, you know, Rich was on the pod during the draft and said, listen, this is not close at all. Everyone called Rich negative, although Rich knows what he's talking about. He didn't just say that for no reason. You know, said, look, Woody's paying Aaron Rodgers $110 million out of his pocket the next two years. Doesn't really want to have to pay a defensive tackle another $100 million and on top of all this stuff. The Quinn deal, I think, is going to get done, and I think it'll probably get done here in the next, you know, once OTAs break, uh, I think the Jets finish up either the 8th or the 12th, whatever it is. You'll see, I'm sure everyone will be at the beach hanging out and the Jets love to do that to, to the, uh, to their beat writers as, uh, as you know, um, are you concerned at all? It's dragged on this long, or is it kind of just, listen, this is par for the course, just because all these other guys got done outside of Wilkins, they all got done. And it felt like the kind of a standard deal. Everyone's getting between four for 90 and four for a hundred at this point. 
Yeah, I, I think the I think the Quinnen deal will get done. I it's not going to surprise me if it goes it lingers a little bit because this is you know the, these guys they don't get these these swings at the at the contract very often. So I think he'll try to get max value, and that means trying to squeeze as much as you can. So I think time is probably on Quinnen's side. He doesn't need to be there at the start of camp. So if it goes into a first few days of camp, that wouldn't surprise me. If it goes in like a week or two. It wouldn't surprise me, or even a month. So, but it could it could also get if they agree on the terms, then it, it it's quick and, and they'll wrap it up. I do think it'll get done. I do love that you just say when you know Rich wrote Rich. Yeah, you know, it's like not even Samini. It's Rich, right? Big time now. No, it's my guy. It's my guy. <laughs> no, it's it was just interesting because yeah. Rich was like, listen, you know, this is a a situation where no one's saying it's not going to get done. They're just saying it's not going to be quick just because Quinn, in my opinion, is better than all those other guys. Like he's a lot, I think he's a lot better player than Duran Payne is. Do I think him and Dexter Lawrence are very similar? Yes. I just think that Quinn's a 13, 14 sack a year guy. Like that's a very rare quality. And, you know, the Jets are all in on this and as they should be. You can't, at some point, you can't mess around. He's a guy that's a first round pick that actually has been here and played well. Um, you know, We've obviously seen pretty much every other first round pick get moved or, um, you know, the Jets obviously have kind of been in a better spot now with what looks like what they'll be with Sauce and, and Garrett and these other guys. I want to ask you two quick last quick things. There was an article out, um, a Daniel Jones is better than Rogers article. And A, I don't know why we do this. I know it's May and there's not a lot to write about. I'm not sure why we we get fall into these traps and everyone falls into the engagement trap. I didn't even fall into it. I just wrote a couple of laughing emojis because I don't think anyone would take Daniel Jones over Rogers. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, do you actually think it's like a remotely decent conversation to have, or it's like, is it just like it's may, which that's what we do. You know, make, we gotta, we gotta have some content. Let's compare these two guys. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Come on. No, it, no, it, uh, I, I just don't know. I don't know why, like the quarterback thing with, with Rogers last year, I, I know he wasn't great last year by his standards. His would have been like the second, like he still threw from us twice. And we touched down to Daniel Jones last year and he had a broken thumb and the rib injury and the Packers kind of stunk. They were pretty bad. The jets beat their face in. Yeah, it was a bad year. It was a bad year for Rogers, but you know, comparatively, right compared to an MVP season yes the team underachieved he underachieved it got sideways with him but he's now you know the decks are clear for him he's motivated you know he's happy he's happy he's got a chip on his shoulder um and the guy is still viable you know at 37 you know Dan come on Dan I look Daniel Jones has done remarkably well to you know I'm glad he impressed the Giants and he he did what he had to do, but come on. come on. Is the, well, one more, we'll just do one more Giants question because that's oh, to do with the Jets. Do, they obviously, they <laughs> obviously play each other week eight, I believe. Two things. One, are you surprised at all? It's just like a random one o'clock game in the middle of the year. I, I thought that was going to be a primetime game or even a national televised game. It was a little confusing. It was, I guess it's because it's the biggest market. You assume people are going to watch no matter what. So I guess I answered my own question there, but. If you like, who do you think? Uh, there's a lot of talk. You listen to talk radio in, in New York, and it's a lot of 
you know, who's going to be better, who's going to be better and, um, and everything like that. I kind of feel like the giants are more likely to, reg- they might be a better team this year, but they're more be, they're probably more a team that regresses to like a nine win team. And I feel like the jets might only win nine or 10 games, but they're like significantly better than they were last year. Is that like a fair description? Just cause I, I don't see the giants winning like 11 or 12 games unless Daniel Jones takes the true Josh Allen leap, which I just, I don't see that happening. Yeah. Um, I think it's a totally appropriate take on your part. Um, it's probably why we're still friends because you think logically and I try. It's smart. And, you know, there is that regression from like, you know, coach of the year. We've seen it. Team gets a 10 wins under a new coach. And then oh, Jets fans have seen it. They've seen it way too many times. Yeah. So I think there is that. And it's like that that happens quite often. So it wouldn't surprise me at all. I think the Giants roster wise are solid. Um, but I think everything went pretty right for them last year as much as it could especially with jones so i and i do think the jets are more of of an ascending team with with talent i mean i i love a lot of the jets talent you know starting with sauce um wilson you know you know you you had roger you had a functional elite quarterback to the mix it's like oh wow let's see what now this 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 does because the defense you know got enormously better in in many spots last year so I, I do think the Jets will be the better, more viable team. Then, you know, you play the games and, you know, all things go out the window. But I, on paper and just looking at it and having seen these teams for a number of years and seen the development, um, I, I think the Jets are the, the the team that will be further along. Last two here. One, you know, obviously the Jets-Giants game is exciting as a, you know, from the New York perspective. I don't think that's the the game I look forward to the most. Um, is there a game or two games, I guess, for the Jets this year that you're like, this is either going to tell me a lot or I just can't wait to like watch the Jets for like the Jets bills for me. I know week one is the biggest load of horse shit on the NFL schedule. We all know it because every, I mean, remember two years ago, the Packers, you know, lost to new Orleans by a thousand points. Rogers looked terrible. And then he won MVP and they won 13 games. So again, grain of salt. Um, but I just think, you got to get off to a good start, right? Based on how it is. Is there any games for you that, that stick out of like big test or I'm really, I'm going to be tuned into this a little extra. Um, You know, I, I think I'm sure there, there, there's an, there's an answer there. Um, But I'm, I'm more interested in how they do against the division because you got to get, you got to fight through, I think a really competitive division. So I want to see how they handle Belichick, you know, and, and see it. Cause I think Belichick will be better this year. I think that team will be better. Um, and, and I want to see what happens, you know, with Miami, especially that second game and Buffalo, because Buffalo is still the measuring stick. And, you know, we talked about Daniel Jones making that Josh Allen like uh, progress, you know, Josh Allen had a, had a bit of a tough year himself and who wasn't there. It was Brian Dable. Daniel Jones went up. So, you know, I, people really don't talk about that much with, with what happened with Josh Allen. So I think that was a factor. Um, so I, I would say, I think for both teams, but more for the Jets, you know, what happens in that division, I, I think is going to decide a lot what, you know, how far they go and whether they're able to break through. Yeah, look, I, I totally agree. I, I saw some people, um, I think Jordan Poyer's brother made the point on Twitter 
Doug McDermott's calling plays now defensively. And while he's amazing at that, and I think it's going to help the defense, that means he can't really rein Ken Dorsey in when he calls, you know, four verticals every single pass play um, an entire game. Josh Allen wasn't – he had some moments last year, but he was pretty awful against the Jets both yeah. times. Like he was – the Jets have had his number – I'm not saying on the win-loss record. I understand the Jets have been horrific in the division until last year. They've been really bad for a long time. He didn't even look good against them in the Gase, Greg Williams years. Like it was like turnover after turnover. I mean, I think in 2019, he started the year at five fumbles. He had four fumbles against the Jets in 2020. He threw a couple horrendous interceptions against that game last year in MetLife. Um, you know, and then he had, the, he had, a, he had some nice moments. I just, I don't know. It's a big year for Josh Allen. It's the, everyone's kind of crowned him as like, he's a lock top three guy. I don't know. Is he the best quarterback in the division? We, we, I mean, we have to see. He wasn't, he was last year, but Rodgers is better than him the year, two years before. So who's, you know, the Jets might have, if Rodgers looks good, um, that changes a lot. And I agree on Miami. I, I've said for forever, and I'll continue to say this until the season Miami's four most important players are all injury prone or old. And Armstead doesn't play 17 games ever. Two is, I'm sorry, I just don't. I don't Mike White. There's a very real chance Mike White plays against the Jets at some point this year. And then I love Jalen Ramsey and Xavier Howard. I didn't think they were so great last year. And they're going to be put a lot of one on one in coverage. And this division's got a lot of guys at wide out. Um, they're going to have to look like 25 year old Xavier Howard and Jalen Ramsey. Because if not, um, that defense was pretty awful last year. Yeah. So, yeah. And you know, that one thing you, you were talking about, uh, Josh Allen. The one thing that really disappointed me last year in him, and I thought, you know, I kind of pegged him as the MVP going into the year. Bills were hot, you know, Super Bowl team, MVP, Josh Allen. His red zone performance was really bad, like shockingly bad. And that to me is as much coaching as as anything. And that's why I think the the loss of Dable is an underrated factor in what happened to Josh Allen last year. Yeah, no, I'm on the same page as you. Last question quickly, obviously, um, the Jets draft, you kind of referenced it before. I've, we've talked a lot about Will McDonald. Everyone's talked about, you know, I saw her Joe Benango flipping out that they gave uh, they gave Will McDonald Gastineau's number and how he didn't earn it and the whole thing. Um, save that for another day. Um, were you surprised about how their draft went? I felt like it's because there's been, they've had a zillion picks and all these first and second round picks the last couple of years. I think the fan base kind of was still expecting that a little bit and was like oh we're gonna we need to get our sauce and Garrett Wilson I feel like the Jets drafted the way like most good teams draft where like we're gonna try to reach on potential premium positions am I am I crazy there no I don't think you are crazy there I don't I don't think it was um quite the dyna there wasn't the dynamism of last year's draft and, and it had to do with where they're picking um and and who they're picking but I I thought that you know, the sauce Wilson draft might be one of those ones you look back on. It's like, Hey, that's one of the best drafts you'll, you'll ever see. So it, it may be hard to live up to that, but you know, until these guys get on the field um, and we don't, we see there, are, there are free agents and lower round draft picks all over this league who are really good. So you don't, you don't know who they are until, until it happens. So I always reserve judgment, especially, you know, we haven't even seen him in training one day of training camp. So um, let's see what happens. Um, I, I think Joe Douglas has done a good job building the team. I think that the Zach Wilson thing is the one 
I don't know how you could have avoided it. You know, it was that COVID year during the during the season, and you know, it turned out hard to really judge that. And I think Wilson is probably the ultimate example of that. You know, we'll look back. Hey, what was that COVID year like, and what did it do to to drafting? You know, you don't have fans in the stands on the road. That really impacted things. There was a huge, hideously large number of points scored in the NFL during the COVID year because because you could score on the road. There was nothing in the building that was holding you back. It's like running seven on seven during training camp. So, um, but but overall, I think there's enough talent on this team. And, and you know, with a guy like Rodgers, he swung for the fences. He hit the home run. Now let's see if they put it together. Big, big year for 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 Joe Douglas and for Sala. I, I think it's a defining year for these guys. Yeah, look, I I hate the playoffs or bust thing. I I think it applies here. These guys are in line for get fired or get extended. And it's, you know, they all have a, they have a year after this left. But the way the NFL works, you usually get extended a year early or, or fired a year early. Last quick two baseball questions. One, where's Aaron Judge for you? what he's done the last two years like in your lifetime how crazy is what we're watching on a night out and night out basis and then from a Mets perspective why don't they just play the kids like why why are they still doing this game it's so I don't I don't like the Mets at all I everyone knows that I get I want to pull my hair out every night Daniel Vogelback pinch hitting for Mark Fientes why what are we doing so <laughs> um judge wise like I don't know, the other night it goes three for four, two home runs, hits a double off the top of the wall, walks three RBIs, three runs, and robs a home run. Like it's insane. And we just expect it at this point. It's um I haven't seen too many players like him, you know, and, and I go back to watching Mickey Mantle, right? But Mickey was a little bit toward the end of his career. Uh, but it's it's as exciting a baseball player as 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 I can really ever remember. Cause he, you know, because he's delivering on it. You know, you sign that big contract and you know, he's, he's delivering on it. Um, the Mets, I don't know. I, I, I always like to see the Mets do well. I think that, you know, they're now spending enough money where you don't have the excuse of the will pond cheapness anymore. And, and Steve Cohen is just doing whatever he can. Um, but managing day to day, you know, Buck, it, it's, it's not perfect. So I, I hope both are contending by the end of the season. Cause I, lo- I love watching meaningful baseball. Yeah. Unfortunately, I like Buck a lot. The Mets may need to do what every other organization <laughs> has seemingly done, uh, similar to the Yankees and the Diamondbacks, where if you fire Buck, the next year you win a title. Um, so, you know, I'm not advocating for him to get fired. I'm just saying it's uh, there is a trend here. Uh, now, I appreciate you taking some time. Obviously, if you haven't, you know, anyone, I think everyone that listens to this podcast has read the Mackay article. Make sure you take a look at that. Follow Bob on, uh, on socials. And, uh, you know, we'll do this again during the season. Hopefully, the Jets and you know are actually good and will be more fun to talk about than Mike coming on here and bragging how Zach Wilson's not good and they're gonna win. Um, so hopefully that streak gets snapped and we can uh, I can talk some shit back to Mike for once. Awesome, awesome. <laughs> Enjoy it, Will. Thank you.